What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL show, sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. More specifically, this is TGI Football. That stands for, thank God it's football, in case you are not aware of what acronyms are. My name, appropriately, is RJ Ocho from Blog on the Boys. Their names are Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. And Brandon Lee Gotten from Leading Your Nation. Stephen, happy March to you. Uh, yeah, that's right. It is March today, but it's actually Dune 2 weekend. And mm. that's, really, that's really all that matters this weekend. I don't care about the NFL Combine. I don't care how anybody tests. All I care about is seeing Dune 2 this weekend. Are you going to watch it, Brandon? I have not seen Dune 1 yet. I'm behind on my Dune watching. So I feel like it's something I'll eventually get to, but I'm not there yet. Um, have you seen Dune One, Brandon? Because I don't know that we can. I don't know. I don't know if you I have. Just said, no, you I just said, said I didn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was. I was pulling a tweet. It's a busy time of year. Oh, where okay. Things, you get on me uh, for this. You hate when I do this, and then you do it to me. Well, I'm doing my job. I mean, this is literally. You're literally not doing your job. Which is I am doing my job. To me, you know, I wear talking. a lot of hats around here. I don't just wear a Philadelphia I wear the Flyers most one hats around here. For being honest. Um, Steven, what do you make of uh, the the podium qualifiers in the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix that just happened? Are you aware of who the, the top three I are? I don't know what <laughs> any of that means. Everyone can uh, check out Mark Schofield's fantastic work in our F1 hub at SB Nation. Uh, it's March the 1st, 2024. The NFL Combine is going on slash wrapping up the informational part of it um is wrapping up but the actual combine part of it is not set to begin steven you mentioned you didn't care at all like not even a little bit i i mean i'll follow it a little bit this weekend but my entire weekend is currently planned around seeing dune 2 multiple times like i am that confident that it is going to be that good and this is like a character defining movie for me but i will still stay up to date on like chief stuff and all. i gotta say i'm kind of sick of the dune 2 propaganda steven the, you you know my thoughts on the first one it was just the most boring movie it was incomplete time. it was just an incomplete and it's movie. not a movie it's i mean you can't you know i just it's dumb um so i think it's dumb and dumb and dumb uh, but I hope you enjoy your experience and uh, multiple experiences, I guess. Uh, we're actually here today, Stephen, to discuss something that Brandon wanted to get to. Um, you know, kind of full disclosure, peek behind the curtain. I would say we plan shows maybe on Thursdays, maybe Wednesdays if we're feeling particularly, you know, um, I wouldn't say aggressive, but, you know, organized. BLG jumped in like on Tuesday and was all, hey, I really want to talk about this. So, Brandon, I know that you are wearing multiple hats, but this is your thing, so I don't want to steal your thunder. What are we discussing, and why do you feel so passionately about it? I just think it would be fun if we go on the record with our predictions for all 32 teams in the NFL when it comes to who their starting quarterbacks will be for the next season. This was, of course, inspired by an article that Seth Walder wrote for ESPN.com this week. It was part of the ESPN Plus stuff. So uh, Brandon got to read it because he's a Plus subscriber. Look at that. That's the way subscriptions work. <laughs> um, I don't really have to add on that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So um, <laughs> we are going to offer predictions for who will be the quarterback for each and every single team in the NFL. Steven, spin the wheel. Let's start with a, a division and then we'll stay in that conference. You start uh, us off. Pick the one. Um, I wasn't ready to do this off the top of my head. Um, let's start in. It's a very Friday feeling show for all of us. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, let's start in the AFC North. With the, the AFC Pittsburgh. North. So uh, when the season ended, uh, the starting quarterbacks, this is probably a pretty chalk division, if we're being honest. Um, but Lamar Jackson, reigning MVP, mm-hmm. now two-time MVP, uh, quarterback right. of the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Burrow is obviously the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Deshaun Watson is probably the one that I think Brandon has the most interesting take on, uh, whereas the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback job is probably the most wide open. But, BLG, yeah. it is your subject, and I know that you do feel interestingly about this. Well, the, the Watson thing, the Brown situation, like they're obviously stuck with him because all of his money is guaranteed. It's not like, oh, they can you know finagle that too much, but – it just feels like you're wasting that roster with him. Like you're, you're just not competitive enough. So I know the money isn't great, but are you just going to like throw a season away and just bank on him bouncing back? I just, what we've seen from him, it's not good enough. They at least have to have some kind of heads there, right? At some level. Like, I don't know if that's bringing Flacco back or maybe like bring Jacoby Brissett back or I don't, they have to do something. They can't, they can't just be like Deshaun Watson or bust. They have to do something. I know they have, um, DTR there as well, but like I don't know that he really showed enough to feel like you believe in that as a true pivot. They have to have some kind of pivot plan, and I, otherwise you're just wasting like a really good defense and a really good rest of the roster. Steven, do you think there's any world in which Deshaun Watson is not the – I believe the prompt that ESPN went with was the week one starting quarterback, so right. you could kind of go with it that way. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't believe there's any chance of them doing something else. I think they should because e- even like like not not even talking about all the off the field stuff, but he's just been bad since he he has been a Cleveland Brown. Like as a starting quarterback, he has been bad and he has held the team back. Like we we saw what they did offensively with Joe Flacco, like just coming off the couch last season. But I think what it comes down to is that and it's it's been the biggest thing that has kept the Browns from really being anything ever is that their ownership is not good. They have one of the worst ownership uh, groups in the NFL and Jimmy Haslam likes to be involved in everything. And the fact that he traded away so much for Deshaun Watson and gave him all of that money. I don't think that there's any talking him out of that at this point because of everything that he's already committed to Deshaun Watson, even though they should absolutely try to do something else or have some other kind of backup plan. So we all agree, though, that if you have to predict it, which is the name of the game, Deshaun Watson is the Browns starting quarterback week one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so and we don't have to really discuss Baltimore-Cincinnati. We agree? Nope. Nope, I know that no. you notoriously hate Lamar Jackson for some unfounded reasons, Brandon, but I mean, again, literally never what I say. It's no, I mean, there's just like hours out. and hours and hours of conversation in the, you know, podcast feed that people want to go. It's not really to hate to just point out that, you know, there's a stark difference between the regular season and the postseason. It's wow. pretty stark. Nobody knows that. You're the first one. Thank you for uh, enlightening I mean, us. Just I was the definitely you did with one of Desmond the first Ritter. people like willing to say that loudly before other people were, for sure. I will 100% uh, take credit for prove that. Prove it. Anyway, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is the one that is... You just said there's a lot of evidence for this. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, prove it. That's what I'm saying. Go get it and gather it and present your case. Um, right. The real interesting first... question in the AFC North. But, are you going to ask it? Because I was in the middle of that. <laughs> Still your thunder. Yeah. Uh, who is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one? Steve. We, really all, we all have one Kirk Cousins card to play. So be very. I was going to say, yeah, we can't. We're not. We, we're not doing this. Where we can't predict like multiple people. The same. Yeah. You got to like a name. The 32. It's not like mm-hmm. putting the same person in multiple spots. Yeah. I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Um, 
I just like like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I just think the Steelers are stuck in this purgatory right now. And it's like everyone has the sample size of evidence that Kenny Pickett's not good and should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But then they're like, oh, well, Mason Rudolph like won a few games for us last season. Like we don't have a large sample size of him also being bad in the NFL. Like it just feels like they're stuck in this purgatory and they're afraid to commit to anything and make any kind of big decisions. And they'll they'll always be competitive because of Tomlin and the defense and the players that they have over there. And they're just stuck right there and they're not going to move anywhere. And it just feels like that's going to be the case this offseason because as much as I want to see them make a big move for a quarterback, because I think they have the pieces in place to like be a good team if they would actually do that. I just feel like they're content with where they are and being competitive and being like a fringe playoff team every year that isn't actually going to win anything when they get to the postseason. Yeah, Brandon, I'm going to stick with Steven here. Um, this isn't where I'm going, Kirk. Um, just I, I think Pittsburgh is, is married to the idea of Kenny Pickett. I'm not above. I, I think this is within your rules. Uh, I'm not above saying that they don't have a rookie that they've drafted maybe on day right. two or something. Uh, but I do think that the week one starter is Kenny Pickett. And maybe it is something that takes a few weeks or a couple of months at least to take hold in a permanent sense. Who's the Steelers offensive coordinator? Are you going to say it's Ryan Tannehill? Because that's yep. not I'm unique yep. at all. So. I'm going to say Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to go with it. I'm saying it was unique. I'm just saying I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, get him paired back up there with Arthur Smith, baby. Running the football a ton, not passing as much. I think it'll be some kind of camp battle. And I think it'll be like, oh, no, I don't know. You know, Ryan Tannehill paired back with Arthur Smith. Maybe there's something there. And actually, who's I don't the think... Steelers head coach, Brandon? Like Arthur Smith isn't showing up to like make all the big decisions. I mean, yeah, but I think they might lean into that. I think they might lean into I know, but Kenny the... Pickett went to Pitt and they share a facility with the Steelers. Did you Wait, know this? what? <laughs> Eagles and the Steelers used to be one team. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Anyway, okay. Ryan that does feel your... like that feels like the most Steelers move outside of just running it back with Kenny Pickett is yep. signing Ryan Tannehill. Man, Ryan Tannehill just doesn't feel like a Steelers quarterback to me. He felt right in Tennessee. It just this feels awkward. But okay. Um, all right. Uh, one division down. Let's go to the AFC East. We don't have to deal with Buffalo and Josh Allen. Obviously, we're all going to go Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Just this, are we gonna, anybody going to yeah. offer it? Okay. So Aaron Rodgers is set. Um, does anybody have a passionate Dolphins take that they want to offer? A non-Tua take? No, it's Tua. It's definitely okay. Tua. Yeah. At least in at least in week one. Um, right. So then the most interesting one is the New England Patriots. And you're kind of tipping a little bit of your hand here, Brandon, because they have the third overall pick. So uh, whoever you're suggesting, if it is a rookie, is not two other players at the very least. Mm, yeah, I'm going to say mm, it's tough because I do think there's a chance they might trade down. But I'm going to say Drake May goes three to the Patriots mm. and they start him as a rookie week one. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I, it, it's either, I, I think they could trade back too um, because they just have so many needs on that roster. Like they are not in a position to win anything right now anyway, but I think it's going to be Drake May or J- Jaden Daniels. Um, I'll probably go J- Jaden Daniels because I'm not like jumping off of the Drake May bandwagon yet. Like I still feel like he's pretty firmly locked into number two. So I think Jaden Daniels would be available at pick three. I just don't know. It's it's this is, this is a this is a weird. Yeah, I know none of us know. No, but like this is a weird spot. Like this is we, we've never experienced this before. You know what I mean? Like the long time stability 
being different and, and changing. And so, mm-hmm. like, what is what is Gerard Mayo like? You know what I mean? Like, does he want to go at this with a rookie quarterback, like, in week one? You know, does, does he want to set himself up that way? Does he want to have – like, does he want to go Mac Jones in week one? Like, is that the technical answer? And I could cheat and say, like, oh, Mac Jones, even though Jaden Daniels or whoever's on the team. Um, I do – I think it's Mac. That's I think he's the week one starter. Wow. But, I don't think but, so, man. I don't even think he's back on the Patriots this year. I think he gets, like, traded or something in the offseason. Who's change trading of, for Mac Jones? Change like, of scenery. Name, name the team. That is, change, is, it's change of scenery. It's not – you're not getting much in return for him, but I just think there – it seemed like to me that the discussion or the appetite for him, Mac Jones, in New England just seemed to kind of be, like, over. And I just feel like they kind of just – and I think he might want out too, by the way. I think that relationship – as from what I've seen from Patriots coverage, just like isn't gonna be back. It's not gonna be tenable. I need to see more. I'm not feeling confident to to be very fair, but I mean, I just need to see more from this to have a, a strong opinion. You wanted to do this on the first day of March, and that makes it a really you know <laughs> difficult task. So, um, okay, uh, that's the AFC East. Let's go to the AFC South. This might be well. A lot of divisions are pretty set, but CJ Stroud set, Trevor Lawrence is set, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson is set, right? Yep. Okay, so Tennessee's healthy, yeah. Right. Te- well, you have to predict. That's the thing. So, yep. Okay. Tennessee, Stephen. I think it's going to be Will Levis. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's that's a mild question. That's all. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't know. I I don't think the Titans should be sold that he's like definitively the guy moving forward because he really he had like one good game last season but the titans offensive line was one of the absolute worst in football and yeah they just need to overhaul that roster and and rebuild everything but i do think it'll be will levis and there's not a lot of like question about it yeah i think they're in a spot too where just like you have to play him because you're not really not like competing otherwise if you have a middling veteran in there just see what will levis has if he can sink or swim and then live with that the results of that so okay afc south nice and easy it's kind of a boring game so far brandon so you know not looking good for you um <laughs> but, but we're to go but we're at a division with more question marks than any of the previous three the afc west so patrick mahomes mm. obviously justin herbert obviously but the las vegas raiders and denver broncos both mm. have questions well uh, okay we know yeah. russell wilson is not <laughs> i mean it's very obvious that russell has, Wilson's not has any head denver. coach openly hated their quarterback as much as Sean Payton has Russell Wilson. Cause I have a difficult time coming up with one like Jimmy G Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. But even then Kyle wasn't overly rude. He, he was just like overly dismissive. You know what I mean? Like he was snarky about it. Sean is overly rude about yeah. it. He, um, he hates Russ so much. Did, did you all hear or see his thing um, about the meme he saw? No, he mentioned, and I think he misused the word meme which I think happens a lot. Um, but he mentioned he saw what he de- you know, deemed to be a meme of a Broncos fan. Um, you remember that old Cleveland Browns jersey with all the quarterback names? Like they were taped. They had like all the billion names on the back. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. It was yep. it was yes, that for yes, the Broncos. Yes. So it wasn't even a unique idea, which, as you both know, really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, but so Sean saw a photo of a Broncos fan with all those names, and he said, our job is to make sure the next one sticks. So it's like openly like, yeah, Russ sucks. I hate him. I don't want him anywhere on my football team. Um, Steven Broncos, who's their starting quarterback in week one? Uh, this might be the hardest one to figure out uh, of the entire league. I I really feel like Sean Payton's going to try to draft one. So uh, like not, but obviously like not one of the high end like 
premium quarterbacks that we're talking about in this draft class, but I could totally see him going for like a Bo Nix and just saying we're we're gonna get a guy in here that that I can develop and that I can build around and try to see how that goes. So I'm gonna go with Bo Nix. Week one. So there's not even a veteran ahead of him that gets the week one start. No, I don't think Sean Payton's. I don't think he's trying to waste any more time. Maybe he can trade for Taysom Hill, baby. Get get him in Denver. Um, Uh, He loves him so much. Greg Rosenthal said on the Around the NFL podcast, he was kind of like playing around with the idea. He was like, don't rule out. And he said it like half seriously. He was like, don't rule out Jameis. Like Sean Payton signing Jameis. I could. That makes some legitimate sense. Um, Because that too he he's doing the thing that i also hate that coaches do like that ron rivera did with washington where he's just like bringing all the old guys and like yeah and everyone thinks that that's gonna work out and it's like no this this is a horrible thing when coaches do um but it is very on par or for sean payton to do at least yeah i'm gonna say i'll say Jameis. like he they'll draft someone and they'll try to pivot to him but if we're again talking about week one i'll say Jameis is the week one starter mm. which what for the Raiders that leaves Raiders okay, are in a weird well, spot. Don't worry, Arja doesn't want to give an answer for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you already did. No, I didn't. I was explaining what Greg Rosenthal said that you copied. Mm. Well, I thought um, you were going with that though. No, I'm gonna go with um I think this is gonna this is gonna be some sort of game managing dude. Um an a veteran that Sean trusts that he develops trust with that he you know, it's been around while the Bo Nix of the world develops. I don't, this is, so this is a placeholder for me. I'm, I'm going to go Ryan Tannehill here. It's going to be mm-hmm. something like, like a, a, a cast off, you know, wandering sort of veteran journeyman. Um, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill kind of fits that bill in my mind. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to stick with Jameis, but I think they draft Penix, actually. I think the Broncos end up. They, they drastically need some kind of juice like that. Dude, I, mean, I like a lot. I think he's going to be good, but. I Can I change my answer to Joe Flacco? Like Joe Flacco. <laughs> back in Denver? He's going back yeah. to Denver? Wow. That was an era that people really forgot about. No, I mean, it, that jersey, like Case Keenum, that era was something. I mean, Trevor Simeon. Tra- actually, Trevor Simeon is my answer. That's that's the week one starter mm. for the, um, <laughs> the Denver Broncos. Um, okay, Steven, the Las Vegas Raiders, since Brandon tried to go out of turn. The Raiders are interesting because I don't, I don't think it can be Aiden O'Connell um, as much as they might try to lean into that this offseason. It does feel like they they like them beating the Chiefs on Christmas Day feels like it really like it really kind of carried them like it was like their Super Bowl. And there's yeah. been this kind of offseason like, oh, we can compete with the Chiefs. And it's just like, no, you, you really can't. like they. The, the Chiefs, the I like Chiefs snarky were, Steven. Like, well, like I, I like the this. The Chiefs were, were totally uninterested in that game. It was on Christmas Day. Nobody wanted to play a football game that day for the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, it feels like the Raiders think that they're closer than they are. So I think that they're going to trade for like mm. Justin Fields. Like I, I think that they they could be seriously in play for that. Okay, so you're playing the Fields card here. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yep. Which sucks because I, I like Justin Fields and I want him to go to a good situation. I don't think the Raiders are a good situation, but I do think that they believe they're farther along than they actually are. So they're probably convincing themselves. Like if we bring in a Justin Fields, 
it's gonna it's gonna put us over the over the hump and i don't think they're anywhere close to that but i I think that they're telling themselves that they are i think it's either atlanta or vegas for fields and i'm not gonna put them here although again i'm really 50 50 between those two i'm actually gonna say i think o'connell has a better shot than i like o'connell maybe more than steven does more than most people do I'm going to say they signed Tyler Huntley to compete with Aiden O'Connell, and it's a QB battle between those two guys. And I'm going to say Tyler Huntley wins out for week one. I think it's funny how people are just like, oh, well, Luke Getze was Justin's offensive coordinator in Chicago, so that means he definitely wants him back. Right. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that he necessarily does it, but I just I think it's funny how everyone is just making that. Like, they're kind of speaking for Luke Getze in that regard. Um, you know, for all we know, he's – Finally, I'm free. I mean, maybe he he hates him like you do, Brandon. You hate a lot of quarterbacks. Well, he Luke gets he wasn't really good last year either. So. I'm just saying, like the the suggestion that like he would be overwhelmed to have Justin Fields in a in a new spot is you know a big assumption. Um, I'm gonna say this is the Russell Will, uh, Russell Wilson landing spot. Mm, we we yeah. all there are three cards that we each have to play in a unique way. Russ, Justin Fields, and you played that here, obviously, Stephen and Kirk Cousins. So uh, because Russ just kind of feels like he is really looking for. A certain thing and couldn't you see like we like it's been reported a lot about how russ can take the vet minimum because of his guaranteed money with denver um and kind of stick it to them and whatever like could like that just feels like such a raiders thing to do you know like, like oh yeah we're really sticking it to the old division rival and, and antonio pierce is kind of into stuff like that um and plus i don't think it would be bad for russ to have a receiver who can humble him the way Devonte adams can so mm-hmm. I don't know that I think this will go well, but I'm I'm sending Russell to the to the Raiders. Russell's Raiders, hmm. and he will make the like cheesiest lines ever about Vegas and gambling, and you know he'll be like, "We we really took a gamble there, huh?" Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so uh, that wraps up the AFC. So, Brandon, you still have all three of those cards, right? Yeah. You haven't placed any of them anywhere. Uh, Steven, you've burned Justin Fields, and I have burned uh, Russell Wilson. Um, we're going to go in the same order on the other side, if that's okay with you, Stephen. I know you picked the North to start. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, that takes us to the NFC North. Jordan Love, Green Bay, we're all good. We're all on the same page. Jared Goff, no, nothing weird there. Um, NFC North? Yes. Yes, that's the division that Jared Goff plays in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, okay, no questions on Jared, Jared Goff. Goff is the starter of Detroit next. Yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, these next two are really interesting. So, Brandon, where do you want to go first, Minnesota or Chicago, and who is the starter? I'll start with Minnesota. I think Kirk stays. I think he wants to be there. So, and I think the Vikings are in a spot where they should aspire for higher, but they're kind of trapped into feeling like he's their best option. And he might be their best option, but if that's the yeah. case, the options aren't great. Uh, so I think he ends up staying. Another quarterback you hate. I mean, seriously. I mean, do these guys win in the playoffs? Kirk has won in the playoffs. Once, I mean, really one time. You asked the question. He did. He has. Yeah. One time. And Lamar has won too. <laughs> okay. Maybe you hate the color purple. Tries. You just you hate anybody who wears purple. We're getting to the source. That's not true. I love the color purple. <clears throat> anyway, uh, do we disagree? About love Kirk? is a strong word. But um, do you think Kirk is gonna leave? I think I mean, he's gonna be in Minnesota again. I, I just don't think the Vikings are are ready to commit to like a rebuild because their, their roster is still like talented and they're competitive. And it's like, if you let Kirk cousins walk, then you got to figure out what the next step is. And Justin Jefferson like needs a new deal. And maybe he wants to go somewhere else instead of like go through a, a total rebuild around a new quarterback or something like that. Like I, I feel like Kirk cousins is the, the easiest way to just try to run it back and see if you can actually like get anywhere this next season. From an interest standpoint, I would love if Kirk left. It would be so really just really interesting to see how that would look. To where? Where do you want him to go to? If I like can just play, you know, anything I want and, and like within some realms of practicality, San Francisco. Whatever. I mean, you like San, him. San, yeah. San Francisco would be fascinating to finally see Kyle Shanahan get him and to like dismiss Brock Purdy and the chaos that would ensue. That's like very loosely practical, but it is in the realm of you know, all conceivable practice would be good for Kirk, but uh, I mean, that 49ers can't do that. Like, it's such an advantage to have, even if you don't love Purdy, just having a quarterback like him. I know, I know. I mean, you, you, you asked, well, you asked, and then you hate it all over. I mean, like, no, I'm not like saying anything? it's a bad answer by you. I'm just saying, like, the 49ers would be dumb to do that at this point. I know, but we like they, he and Kyle Shanahan have been kind of like you know, flirting with each other forever and ever and ever. So to see it finally happen would be cool. Um, but I just don't think it is. I agree with both of you. I think it's it's the easiest thing for everybody involved um, for him to come back. And that's that's I mean, it's a bad thing or it's like a, a average thing. Like, it does make sense for. The I Vikings. think there's just like a human element, too. Like, I think he has his family there. I don't think he wants to like, you know, I don't think he wants to uproot his life. That's not the sense that I get. Um. Well, and beyond that, he's from the area ish. I mean, you know, Michigan's not too far. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to, you know, the West Coast or whatever, things like that. So. Sure. Um, 
yeah, I think Minnesota, like people are having fun with like, oh, they're going to trade Justin Jefferson. Like, I think when it's all said and done, Kirk has a new contract, Justin Jefferson has an extension, and I don't know. Everything is good. I'm, I'm not a sold on the the Jefferson thing. There's been a well, lot maybe of- next week we'll predict well. the starting wide receiver ones for every team <laughs> in week one. How about that? Um, okay, so uh, that takes us to the Chicago Bears. Steven, you have sent Justin Fields um, to the Raiders, so that means that you are locking in Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think. It, it does seem like there's there's more and more like hype building around this. Like I know for a few weeks there, it was like, what if they kept Justin Fields? What if they still took Caleb Williams? And like, like you have you have to move on from Fields because like Justin Fields, uh, for all of his issues so far in his NFL career, like he's still a starting caliber NFL quarterback in my mind. Like he he's made enough plays, he's shown enough that like he's actually put into a good situation which i don't think he's been at any time uh during his time with the bears then i think that he's a guy that can can continue to get better and and actually like find a way to win some football games if he actually ever gets to a team that has some talent on it but i think the smartest thing for the bears to do is take caleb williams like he's one of the most touted quarterback prospects that we've had in a while and and you you get that that rookie quarterback control. It, uh, you just hit the reset button that you have on the Justin Fields contract, and you it buys you a few more years to try to build this thing up. Because, uh, like I feel like Ryan Poles gets a lot of love, and I don't think he's been a particularly impressive general manager. And so this just buys him more time too, because he's like, well, you know, we fell into the number one pick, and so we had to take the the best quarterback prospect available. But now we need a couple of years to build around him, and so. I think it's best for everyone involved to just go with Caleb Williams and, and hit the reset button. Two things for me quickly, Brandon, just, and then you can go. Um, I haven't listened to the latest athletic football show episode, uh, but apparently Diana Rossini said, uh, so I'm reading the, the quote from Twitter. So I haven't heard it myself, but she said, I can tell you, I don't think the market for fields is as robust as a lot of people thought. Uh, I wonder so, why. Well, I mean, I'm just saying like, it's so in the name of like who's the week one starter because I think we're, we're all going to say Caleb Williams. I yeah. I, it, I do think that there is a remote possibility that it's Justin Fields, but with Caleb Williams behind it. That's the worst possible case no. scenario for this, but it is possible. I think uh, my other thing because I'm obviously impossible. I'm answering Caleb Williams. Um, we talk about archetypes a lot. The worst archetype of season to have as a head coach is to be the dude who's kind of you know seemingly in his last season or, or who's kind of in a questionable spot. Mike that then gets the that then gets the number no 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 that oh. then gets the number one overall pick, like you, you know because you're the guy that they're gonna move on from to pair to like find the guy for the guy. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. like they're, they're gonna be like, oh, a- after this season is like ho hum for the Bears. The Bears mm-hmm. are gonna fire Matt Eberflus. They're gonna be like, okay, now we have to go find a guy to work with Caleb Williams. They should have found that guy this season. But my answer is Caleb nonetheless. Yeah, I'm gonna say Caleb Williams. I don't think this idea that you can keep Justin Fields. It's just not based in like. Again, reality. This is Madden level thinking. This is like players. You can just, you know, they're they're video game characters. They don't have feelings. That's not true. Like, there's a human. Again, there's a human element to all of this. That I don't think people who are saying that's possible are really accounting for, because I just don't think that's going to be a cool or fun vibe. Um, and also, I think just from standpoint of like drafting Caleb Williams, it's time to take advantage of the rookie contract, and you, and you believe in him ostensibly to be your guy. So like. King him to be the guy you have confidence in, then you don't need Justin Fields and you can get the assets for whatever you can get for Justin Fields to then help support Caleb Williams, be that guy. So I don't think any kind of keeping him thing to me is galaxy braining it. No, you don't keep Justin Fields. You trade him. 
and you move forward with Caleb Williams, who will be it's, the Bears week one starter. And I also wouldn't be surprised if like some of that is just like the Bears are asking for too much. Because like I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Bears were like, Yeah, we want a first round pick for Justin Fields. Nobody's gonna <laughs> no give chance. you a first round pick right. because like one, they've they've seen him play and they've seen what he's done so far in his NFL career. But also, you don't have any other options. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can hold out for it. Like, eventually, you're going to have to get rid of him if you draft mm-hmm. Caleb Williams. So if you get, like, a second or a third-round pick, it feels like that's probably what teams are willing to offer. And a second-round pick is probably the highest you're going to get. And I think you should be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Something that I don't think is mentioned a lot probably is by, like, you know, all-day, everyday Bears coverage. And everybody check out Windy City Gridiron, our, our Bears blog. But um, – the trading team or the acquiring team also has to pick up his fifth year option because you're not trading for him to not pick up his fifth year option. And so you're committing to him in a significant sense, not just for the short term, but the long term, short term, you know, for this season and for next. Um, so that that is a hurdle that I think, to your point, Stephen, Chicago might have to lower their asking price on. Um, I do think we're two weeks away, maybe from like everyone falling in love with the Bears because the trade will inevitably seemingly happen whatever it winds up being for and maybe to your point brandon they do maybe they sign mike evans maybe you know maybe they start going all in and utilizing you know the anticipated you know structure around a rookie quarterback contract and everybody's like look at this roster and then caleb williams shows up so you know things could really 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 change for them in the span of two weeks i'm kind of bullish on the bears going into 2024 like they're one of those teams that was better than their record indicated in terms of like point differential dvoa that kind of stuff so especially I, over the second half of the season too. yeah i do think you know i mean it all depends if caleb williams is actually any good or not um and you know how fast he can get up to speed in the nfl but i do think there's potential for them to really and if like you're saying if they make some big moves i think they have a a, a very good chance to turn things around fast nfc east dak prescott dallas cowboys jalen hurts philadelphia eagles we're good to go there um I suppose the bigger question is the New York Giants. We'll save that. Steven, who is the quarterback for the Washington Commanders in week one? Um, I think it's going to be Drake May. Um, I'm with you. It's like, it would be funny if Sam Howell was the week one starter, <laughs> but I just think like... That would be such a Dan Quinn thing to do. He he was just such a, a catastrophic disaster down the back half uh, of the season last year. Like he just totally fell apart as a player, despite showing like a few flashes early in the season. And so I, and, and like the new ownership and, and like how hyper involved he is in everything. Like, I don't think there's a scenario where they go into next season and say, Sam Hallis is going to start a single game for us. So I, I think it's Drake may at number two. I'm with you. I'm going with Jaden Daniels. I think, uh, Look, for much as much as I'll give grief to Josh Harris, I think one of the good things he did was earlier, certainly in his Sixers tenure, where I mean they took Joel Embiid. That was like a really risky pick at the time, considering like his injury and everything. Like that was not just like a no-brainer kind of pick. And um, therefore, my point is I've seen Josh Harris swing for upside before. I've also seen him allow his organization to play young players when the Sixers were tanking. Um, and I'm not saying the commanders are tanking, but I do think there will be uh, opportunity for Jaden Daniels, who I think has more upside or might have more upside, the bigger swing to take. And I think he'll be allowed to play from the jump because I think that's exciting for a team, a franchise that is new ownership, and they kind of want to invigorate some new life into it. And I don't think they even want the optics of like, 
Sam Hill starting again for them. Like they, they carry over from, I know the Harris was around last year too, but I think they just want to turn the page on all of this and want to go with their rookie quarterback. It's a new era of commanders football, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, so I'm going to say Jaden Daniels. Um, Look, Joel Embiid is awesome, but revisiting the 2014 NBA draft, I mean, like find me the player that he it was a tough decision to take him over. I guess Jokic obviously went like the injury, the but the, not every team would have done that because of the injury thing. And also, there were only two teams who didn't do it, and they took Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. <laughs> but he should have been number so, one. He really should have been number one. Jokic should have been number one if we're really doing that. And like looking back, no, that's but, not true. He's so much better than Embiid. I know it bothers you so much. He's a million times better than Embiid. Not <laughs> <laughs> currently. I'm saying like reasonably. What he won the finals, happened. dude. It's okay. Um. Anyway, um, I. I think that the it's the number two overall pick. You you obviously ha- could be a risk taker with it, but you also it has to be a high floor thing. And Drake May no, clearly I has the higher disagree. floor. It has to be like especially no, this is this is the first like significant step that they're taking. You know, in in like this era of ownership for the franchise. But they have so, so much grace because of what happened before that they can they have, they're afforded they're uniquely qualified to take bigger swings than other ownerships would be. I just. I um I'm gonna butcher this badly, and I did this on the radio. Nate Tice was talking about um about Jane Daniels's frame on I think it was it was obviously either the Athletic Football Show or the or the Around the NFL podcast, and he mentioned that there are only I think two quarterbacks with his particular frame that have been drafted that have played like nine or more seasons um in the NFL since like 2000. Um, so the the likelihood of him withstanding, you know, all of the attrition that comes with playing the position for a decade is really, 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 really minuscule. And with the second overall pick, you, I agree with you that it, it's nice to be a risk taker, and I agree with you that they're in a position to to take some risk. But that is, it's too inordinate of a risk to take in my mind. So that's why I'm with Stephen. Coward. <laughs> okay. Well, um, this is a democracy, and we won. So, um, okay, the NFC. Oh yeah, the Giants. Um, anybody have a non-Daniel Jones take? I think it's Daniel Jones, but I do think there's I think there's enough buzz that I I think it's quite possible they do trade up. Maybe Patriots don't go with Drake May and they trade down with the Giants. I know I already predicted they would, so I'm gonna stick with that. But I'm saying I think that's the other possibility is that the Giants move up from what six to three and take whatever of or whoever of um whichever quarterback is left at that point. But um, even if that's the case, I still think they're going to give Daniel Jones another shot. So I was, regardless if they draft a quarterback or not, I'm going to say Daniel Jones. Tommy DeVito disrespect. Yeah. Wow. I, I think it's Daniel Jones and they could look at bringing in like a veteran backup or something kind of like they had with Tyrod Taylor last year. Yeah. Who's maybe that's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's yeah. getting thrown around a lot around here. I was thinking like Sam Darnold, maybe. Like he- Ooh, back, back to New York, back, back to yeah. MetLife, back to MetLife, yeah, or um, Gardner Minshew, something like that, you know. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Daniel Jones, all the way around. That takes us to the NFC South. Right. Uh, anybody have a non-Bryce Young opinion for Carolina? That's the easiest no. one. Okay. No, but they're gonna. You got to you got to give them another chance yeah. because yeah. they were so so bad last year. Okay, so Bryce Young for Carolina. Yep. The rest is kind of interesting. This this might be the most interesting division because they suck so much. Um, do either of you think that it's not Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay? I don't. I think it is Baker. It's, I think it's Baker. They, they and I, I think he makes like a, it, he's making like forty million a year at the very least. It's going to be a big number for sure. Yeah. And also, they, they ended the season on like a really positive vibe. Like I, I feel like they're gonna. 
they want to keep that going. Yeah, I, I feel like 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 if Baker did actually test the free agent market, I feel like no one would offer him as much money as the Bucks would be willing to give him just based on what he did for them last season. Mm. Okay, so uh, clean sweep for Baker. The Saints did restructure Derek Carr's contract. Am I <laughs> misremembering last week? Um, I think so. so. No. Um, yes, yeah, so no, they, that they created $23 million in salary cap space. So, I mean, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Covering the Saints has had to be like the most joyless thing for the past, like, Dude. whatever. Like, there's just no intrigue there. Dennis Allen, Derek Hart, this is like, there's zero intrigue here. They're incredibly mediocre. Like, just what's, what is there to be interested in? It's just not an interesting team. So we're we're all gonna go with the Saints, obviously. I'm sorry, with with Derek Carr. Carr. But um, so his cap number for this year is twelve point seven. I'll round up million dollars because of the restructure. Do either of you know what it is next year? By the way, he has no guaranteed money left after. No. So they could they could cut him if they wanted to. But do you know what his cap number is right now for next year? I'd I'd bet like forty million dollars or something. What do you think? What's your guess, Brandon? I looked it up. It's a big it's number. Fifty one point five million dollars <laughs> with no guaranteed. Like this is the dumbest way to. I, I don't mean to do the like the salary cap is real, blah blah blah. But like you just cannot keep doing this forever it's, and ever and ever. It's so frustrating because it's like they're like, Well, we're competitive. And it's mm. like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> like you're not, not really. you're not in the race to win anything. You might win seven, eight, nine games or whatever, but you're not actually competitive. Nobody thinks the Saints are a good team. Dude, his cap number for 2026 is 61.5 million dollars. I mean, the they Saints are have, so screwed. They have like a signature win from the past couple seasons. Like, have they even beaten a team where like you know, they, um, like, you know what I mean? As opposed to like, didn't, uh, didn't the they, Vikings had that crazy comeback game? Like, what's like the the highlight of the Saints' past couple seasons? Didn't they um they come back from like 17 down against the Packers? Early this sure, season. but like that was like an ugly. Well, you asked the question. You can't like you know. It's a signature win. What do you I don't mean? It, it, and also, I, the Packers weren't good at that time. Like, well, what do you mean? That's such a like moving of the goalposts. It was a good win. Like that's the answer, Stephen. That's not a time. signature win. No Steven, one's like, wow. This that was, was a signature win. Was, oh, I actually missed. I mean, they, they lost. They blew a seventeen yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Point, case and, point. And also, I knew there was a big lead change. Game. It's a low scoring game. Um, uh, I feel like I feel like they have like one big win early in the year every year where they they beat somebody early who winds up being a lot better than them. Like I feel like they're that kind of team. I'm trying to find their so they they don't have like a signature win in the Derek Carr era. Oh, they um I mean depends how you define this, but they they blasted the Patriots thirty four to nothing. Sure, I mean, Patriots you know, stink. They again, I'm pick. I'm trying to come up with an answer. Um, in 2022, they beat the Seahawks 39 to 32. Um, when we kind of thought a little highly of them, they okay in 2021. That was, that was I mean, a fringe playoff team. Yeah, but, in 2021, yeah. the um, got blown out. In 2021, they beat the Packers 38 to three in Week One. Well, that was oh, remember last that year? No, but yeah. that they they beat Aaron Rodgers like like coming off the defending MVP yeah. thing. And, I'm talking you know, about like the Dennis Allen era. Okay, I mean that is the Dennis Allen era. No, it? no, it's not. You're right. You're right. Sorry, yeah. my bad. My bad. All right, my bad. I, look, I was trying to give them some grace, and I I struggled. So Derek Carr's the answer. We should not have spent this much time on the Saints. I know. Um, so the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we'll my answer one too. My answer is Justin Fields. This is I'm I'm playing yeah, the card. Here. I'm going to play the Fields card here as well. Okay. Um, 
and I don't think the results will be... I mean, he's certainly a more aesthetically interesting player to watch than Desmond Ritter, but I don't think the results are going to be wildly different. I do think he's going to benefit from the Raheem Morris like vibes bump. Like so many people love Raheem Morris that they're going to they're sure. going to like extrapolate that into their love and admiration for Fields as a result. But Stephen, you've already played the Fields card, so where, what are you doing here? Yeah, I I would actually love this situation for Justin Fields. If uh, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But, you would love it but, for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. That's the only thing you care about. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I I like Raheem Morris. Like I I, I feel like he's going to be a good coach. Um, so I, I like the situation in Atlanta. Obviously, a lot more without Arthur Smith there. Um, and it feels like they should be one of the teams that is really looking to move up and, and go get a guy. Um, mm. But if they don't, like I could see them, all the hype that's around J.J. McCarthy right now, like I could see them reaching on him in the draft or something like that. But I also think that they're probably going to bring in another veteran because you just can't risk Desmond Ritter being the guy at any point next season. So I think Russell Wilson is is actually like a good spot here where you could sign him cheap, try to draft a J.J. McCarthy or something like that and, and see what you got with Russell Wilson next season while you try to develop a young quarterback. Man, I could totally see Russell just like absolutely dismissing J.J. every press conference possible if they were teammates. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, uh, J.J. was telling me about Coach Harbaugh and, uh, you know, we, we beat we beat Harbs as Niners in the title game when I when I won my <laughs> Super Bowl and just, you know, just like going over and on and on and on and on and on. Um, I think I like the Russ JJ uh, pair, but to be clear, you're not saying Russ and Fields on the same team at the same time. You're saying either or, Stephen. Yes. Okay. Um, that takes us to the NFC West, which is probably the most boring division mm. for this game. Um, anybody? I don't. Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford, Geno Smith, Kyler Murray. Anybody feel any different? No. No. We'll draft someone, I'm sure. Yeah, the Seahawks got to start planning for something besides Gino. Like, Gino's right. been a fun story, and he's been fun to watch the last couple of years, but, like, it's there's just there's no real future in just ro- running this thing back every year with Gino. How about Michael Penix to oh, Seattle? Gino. That would be so much fun. Kenny Pickett uh, effect. Yeah, exactly. I, I a little different, but, yeah. Um, okay, and Ky- Kyler has probably remade his image the most. I would mm. say of, of people who we thought, you know, were kind of DOA entering the 2023 season. Um, the, the Cardinals also ended mm. the season on a, on a high note, relatively speaking. They had the big win in Philly, obviously, mm-hmm. which was had the Jonathan Gannon effect as well. But Kyler played well. And I think at the very least bought himself this season uh, right. to the point that like no one is even considering that Arizona is going to take a quarterback at four, which you know would have been inconceivable this time. I don't know, six months ago, Steve. Yeah, that's fair. I, I do think he's on thin ice. Like you know, I don't think he's his footing is firm. But yes, for this year, I think he does. He will be certainly the week one starter, and I think he gets a, a fair shot at proving he's the guy beyond this year. Which eh, I don't really feel great about that, but he'll play this year. It's. If I were the Cardinals, and I think Kyler Murray is a fine NFL quarterback, like he's he's good, he can make plays. Like I think, I don't think he's really been put in a good situation at any point really in his career so far. Um, and coming off the injury like last season, we just we saw like what a what a difference he was compared to what they were trotting out there early in the season. Like obviously he was the best quarterback on their team, but. I do think the Cardinals should like consider it like depending on how if the top three doesn't go like quarterback, 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 like 
I, I think there's a case to be made. They should consider it. But I think after after paying Kyler and, you know, having the the coaching front office reset, like I, I think that they're all in on Kyler now. So I'll, I'll stick with Kyler Murray. Hmm. Um, I know that we're playing the quarterback game, but I would like to bring this up if um, if you will each allow me, if you will both allow me. It's a non-quarterback thing, but a piece of NFL news nonetheless before we get out of here. Uh, Brandon and I will enjoy this a lot, him more than me. Uh, the New York Post, Ryan Dunley, Dunleavy, excuse me, uh, reported uh, that Darren Waller spread the word that he was considering retiring from the Giants after the season, <laughs> but is now planning to return. That that was floating around, and Mike Garofolo of NFL Network just quote tweeted it and added some context that it sounded like Darren Waller was extremely frustrated by last season and the hamstring issue that nagged him. But as Ryan Dunleavy notes, the Giants tight end is looking forward to the 2024 season. Not great for the Giants, Stephen. Yeah. Um, if you play fantasy football, stay away from Darren Waller. Um, don't need to run this back with he's their number one pass catcher again. Like Darren Waller is a great story. And he had, I think, one season of like truly elite production. And then other than that, he struggled to stay healthy. So. I mean, if he decided to hang it up, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't blame him for it. He's older because of like his history and how he's gotten to this point uh, of his NFL career. But also, it, it just kind of seems like Brian Dable's not like a fun guy to play for, generally speaking. Mm. He does have no more guaranteed money left on his deal. I mean, if, if he were to retire, it wouldn't be, you know, the end of the world for the Giants. I mean, Wait, and you're right. I thought they signed him to an extension. It is is no more guaranteed money left though. They just have three years left on the deal. So why can't I find his contract easily on over the cap? Come on, I mean, probably because you're I'm doing it wrong. Googling it and it's not going. <laughs> I mean, um, it's embarrassing for you. Well, Don't worry, I, we're not just waiting for you to do this or find this information that I just told you. I I believe you, RJ. I believe you. It's just <laughs> I, that I'm surprised because he signed that extension. I, I'm being okay. accused of not. Oh, it was in twenty. I thought he signed one with the Giants. Okay, he signed the one twenty twenty two. Never mind. So is, is there an apology coming? Or I wouldn't doubt you. I was just wanted to double check. I think the see. fact that you went through this extraordinary effort <laughs> suggests that you doubted me. So you know. uh, no. Wow. Um. Okay. Wow. I don't I mean, think we left any any like big names out. Um, you still would have the the um uh you know. The prorated signing bonus like accelerate to this year so you'd have yeah but it's it's not like you know it's 7.3 that's not nothing it's not like prohibited yeah that's all nothing. i'm saying it's yeah. not like the whoa i mean so if he decided to do it they would be okay as a franchise that's all mm -hmm. i'm saying so um something to monitor um anything else before we leave speak now or forever hold your peace it could be about football it could be about dune um are you gonna get the popcorn bucket steven that's all over the internet uh, I don't think so. I just realized that I drank my water with my mic unmuted, so hopefully that didn't. Hopefully that wasn't loud or distracting. I didn't even notice. So okay, good. Um, no, I don't. I'm not really a popcorn guy. Okay, but you know the bucket uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Of okay. course. Uh, By the way, I drink my water with the mic unmuted all the time. So what are you like you're saying? I'm rude. Is that what? Well, it was like clanging around, and I usually mute it, mm. but then I realized I just didn't mute it. So. And, oh, now I heard that. So, yeah. okay. Brandon, do you have a football, a dune, or a water related comment that you want to add? I think everyone should drink more water because hydration is important. Don't listen to Tom Brady who says hydration do you have, is bad. Do you have a, a cup of water with you right now to prove that you're drinking water? Yeah, it's over, yeah I mean, it's so out you, of my reach, but it's oh, right over out of frame over here. Interesting. Uh, 
I didn't know Tom Brady is against hydration. If I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say anything. Uh, but you know what, Brandon? I'm I'm a good friend. I'm going to completely <laughs> trust you. I'm not going to double check this. I'm just going to you know trust your word. So, yeah. uh, TGI. 